Hi, Tim Roy. We continue to mock the 2013 NBA draft as we're running down the lottery. And to find out uh, more about what's happening with the lottery, let's take a look at the picks so far. The Cleveland Cavaliers have uh, taken the overall number one pick. Their lens Noel of Kentucky goes to, to Cleveland. And then with the uh, second pick, the Orlando Magic took Ben McLemore, the shooting guard from Kansas. Otto Porter of Georgetown goes to the Washington Wizards, so he'll stay in the district. And then the Charlotte Bobcats took the fine power forward from UNLV, Anthony Bennett. Now, on the clock, the Phoenix Suns, who come in with a record of 25-57 and 57 from a year ago. And that's not the kind of season that the people are used to down the Valley of the Sun. They're not used to being on the bottom of the Western Conference. Usually they've been toward the top. To help us dissect the Suns, the pre- and post-game host on Suns Radio gets to work with the legendary Al McCoy, and that is John Bloom. And, and John, thanks so much for helping us out. A very tough season for those who follow the team in Orange. It was. Uh, it, was a, it was a brutal season that people here aren't used to seeing uh, the likes of, as you mentioned. Uh, worst season since their very first season uh, as an expansion team uh, back in 68. So it's been, uh, it's been a tough couple of seasons. And to miss the playoffs three years in a row is, is uh, not a normality here in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, they want to turn things around. They've uh, obviously made changes in the front office, bringing in Ryan McDonough, uh, who is an assistant GM to Danny Ainge in Boston, uh, and people very excited about him. Very young guy with a different outlook than what we've had here uh, in Phoenix, and he'll replace Lance Blanks, who uh, leaves uh, with a pretty tarnished uh, image to, uh, by Suns fans, uh, especially. Uh, and then, uh, and then Brian's first uh, objective was go out and find a head coach. You know, they had uh, fired Alvin Gentry midway through the season. They uh, gave Lindsey Hunter the job, which was pretty controversial here. And in doing so, hiring Lindsey, they lost uh, a guy who has meant so much to this franchise uh, for so long, Dan Marley, who uh, would have been the fan favorite pick, but uh, instead Lance Blanks went with Lindsey Hunter, uh, and uh, things didn't get better. So Lindsey obviously, uh, you know, although they said they considered him and they did interview him for the job, uh, lost out as they hired Jeff Hornacek. And uh, you couldn't really find a guy to come in and get a job, uh, having not been a head coach before, especially Tim, to get the kind of rave reviews that, that Jeff Hornacek has gotten since he's come back to the Valley. Now, a lot of people remember he started his professional career as a member of the Phoenix Suns before he went to the Utah Jazz and, and had great success in both places. But, uh, you know, I, I think that the Valley is, is definitely picking up momentum with regards to the Suns, and, and now it's going to be up to these guys to make the right choices, bring in the right players, not only through the draft but in free agency, and start to rebuild because it's not just going to all come together in one year, and I think uh, that's where the, the franchise is kind of set the fans' expectations properly, that this is, is going to be a process. Now, the Suns have the fifth pick, the 30th pick, and the 57th pick. So with those top, uh, with those first two picks, they have a chance to get a, a very good player and maybe a guy that can, can be a role player at the number 30 spot. Well, let's talk about what's coming back. Uh, I thought they made a nice trade with, with Houston to get the other uh, Morris twins. So you got some depth there up front with Scola and Gortat. It may not be eye-popping depth, but it is depth. The guys who can play a little bit up, up front. And Goran Dragic in the backcourt. Would it be safe to say that those five players are kind of the, the core group right now? 
Yeah, I think that's uh, that's safe. I mean, uh, there's a lot of question marks, uh, to be honest, Tim. And I think because you have a new regime, it's harder to come up with answers to those questions. Uh, for instance, you know, do they have interest in, in keeping Wesley Johnson, who showed some promise down the stretch in the season when he finally got some playing time after you know basically being mired down at the end of the bench under Alvin Gentry? Uh, you know, will they look into a potential trade with a guy like Marcin Gortat, who has one more year on his contract? That's always enticing. And and he's a pretty darn good center. I mean, the, the guy can play. He's going to get paid just short of $8 million this next season. That's been one of the uh, the biggest rumors right now is, is could the Suns potentially move Gortat to, say, a Portland for the 10th pick or a Dallas for number 13 or a Utah for number 14? I think if Cody Zeller falls, that might happen. Uh, that's just from what I understand that, that they do like the big man from Indiana, but they don't like him enough to take him at number five, so they could potentially make a move. And, and that kind of a move... I I think would sit okay with fans. They understand, like I just mentioned, that this is a process. And when you're trying to build, you know, it's nice to have a really good proven player like a Gortat, but then again, you know, if you can get a young guy that, that could be a potential building block for the future, it may make more sense for the for a team like this, and then you open up more salary as well uh, for the future, which is when they're really going to look into spending it. You know, I, I know you've talked about this, and I know you have a great uh, acumen as far as uh, the movement around the NBA uh, with regards to the Warriors and the rest of the teams, and, and when you look at this year's free agency class relative to next season, it also isn't as good. Everybody likes to talk about how next year's draft is the sexy one. I think next year's free agents are also a little sexier than, than the 2013 class. Yeah, no question. And, and uh, what what's the problem is for a lot of teams, and the Suns may fall into this category, it's hard to sell your fan base on next year. You know, not, okay, don't worry about this year, but next year we'll have that room for the free agent class, and, and uh, that's a hard sell. Uh, so I think for Mr. McDonough, it's going to be a very, uh, very tough way to go about it because also, as we know in the NBA, you can't, if you're stuck in the middle, that's the worst place to be. You almost have to, to get bad to get good. And, and, and so we've seen that time and time ago with Oklahoma City, the perfect example. You know, they, they gambled on letting a couple of years go by the boards, but it worked out because the draft picks they made were, were outstanding. So yeah. I, I guess in, in one sense, is there a lot of pressure on the front office to have, you know, to hit a home run with this draft? Boy, I mean, I think maybe there's pressure from from certain angles uh, for them to to not necessarily hit a home run, but at least hit on one or two of these players that can be an impact. I, I don't know how many home runs there are to be hit uh, in this draft, frankly, uh, and so I think that's part of what makes people maybe have more realistic expectations that they're not going to go and get a franchise type player, you know, and, and there are so few in this league anyway. So, uh, you know, they don't come around every single draft. It's not that this draft happens to stand out in that case. I think it's, it's, uh, you know, probably more often than not that a draft doesn't have, you know, superstar franchise players in it. Now there are going to be a lot of good players. And I think if you can put two or three good players together, I mean, look at, look at what the Warriors were able to do. You know, maybe, maybe people didn't think that, that all the picks that they had would would uh, make the team but uh, you know to get the contribution that you got from Draymond Green and and you know of course a lot of expectations for Harrison Barnes but then you add a Bazemore in some people that that people don't expect things from but yet i think having a class 
kind of come together and realize that they can make an impact on a franchise can be helpful too. So I think it's going to be an important thing for Ryan McDonough to not only hit and, and get a guy that they really like at number five, but to really evaluate if there is guys that they love that are slipping a little bit, maybe it is time to use one of the assets that they've now built up with six first-round picks over the next three years, including this draft, uh, to, to try to bring an impactful class together. That's a, that's a very good point. You know, one of the things going into last year's draft, you're absolutely right. Nobody knew that they were going to get a guy who was going to start over 40 games for him in Azili. You know, Baysmore, nobody even knew about. It was not no, no one's radar until Summer League. And uh, certainly the, the trade that the Warriors made for Andrew Bogut, in essence, netted them Harrison Barnes as well as Azili and and, and Draymond Green, of course, fell to him in the, in the 30s as well. So that's a very good point. Look, looks like the Suns are poised uh, to get a chance to get back into the mix in the West here in the next few years with all those draft picks and potential cap room. So let's get to the, uh, the draft this year. As it has unfolded to the moment, Noel, McLemore, Porter, and Bennett are gone. So if the Suns are looking at that draft board in the late June, John, uh, who do they pick? with the fifth overall selection? I think with a fifth pick in the draft, uh, the Phoenix Suns will select Victor Oladipo, the shooting guard from the University of Indiana, or Indiana University, I should correct that for all you Hoosiers out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that Oladipo is, is a solid pick at number five. Obviously, you know, made big advances uh, this past season to get himself into the lottery, to get himself into a potential top five selection. And uh, he, he did well in his uh, pre-draft workout when he was here in the Valley, heard really good things. I think this could also set the Suns up for that potential impactful class that I talked about if Cody Zeller falls and they're able to make a move and move up to uh, back into the lottery, maybe a number 10 or number 14. Uh, that could be quite a story if they put both those Hoosiers on the floor together. Then you got the Morris Twins and the uh, Synergy there from Kansas. I mean, there, there's, uh, there's some stories to be had with, with regards to this draft, and this could be one of them if the Suns could pull that off. I think they'd be pretty excited. But I do think they'll be excited with Oladipo being there at number five. His athleticism will definitely help this basketball team. Love Jared Dudley as a two-guard, but don't think he should be a starter, and I, and I think he'd be very good for this team and always has been as a sixth guy off the bench. So, uh, you know, Goran Dragic is, is probably the centerpiece of this team moving forward, although they've made it clear that nobody's untouchable, but I would say that's the strength of this team is the guy they have starting at point guard, and they'd be pretty excited to pair him up with, uh, with an athletic beast like Victor Oladipo. Well, you know, you uh, you made that pick uh, you, almost like you were a, a general manager there. You know, I know Mr. McDonough comes from a media family. Maybe maybe a GM is in your in your future. Uh, I'm going to stick to talking about the guys. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of pressure to be there and, and, and make these decisions. I love basketball, as I know you do too, Tim, but uh, my passion is being behind the mic. Uh, much like Ryan's bigger brother, Sean, is a good friend of mine from back in the queues as well. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what Ryan can do. You know, he's getting his first crack at, at, at putting this team together, and everybody he's worked with really sings his praises and, and a lot of guys I respect in, in this league. So uh, there is some excitement, even though the Suns were admired at the bottom of the Pacific last season, uh, they're, they're starting to build some momentum here in the offseason, and we'll see what the draft brings. Yeah, I love the selection of Jeff Hornacek. He's a great guy, great basketball mind. He's going to do very well. John, if, if people want to follow you uh, on Twitter as they get ready for the NBA draft, how would they do that? They can just follow me at John Bloom. It's J-O-N. 
uh, no H in, in the first name, at John Bloom, J-O-N-B-L-O-O-M. And, uh, yeah, always tweeting stuff up about the uh, the Phoenix Suns and uh, also a big golf guy. So I'm going to head over to the couch and watch some U.S. Open golf if I get a chance this weekend. Outstanding. Thank you, John, for helping us out. You bet. My thanks to John Bloom, the pre- and post-game radio host for the Phoenix Suns Radio Network down the Valley of the Sun, and they have selected Victor Oladipo of Indiana. And so we move on to the number six pick in the 2013 NBA draft. The New Orleans Pelicans are on the clock as we continue. I, Tim Roy, will mock the 2000 NBA draft here on Warriors.com.